0: How's it going? How's it going? And welcome to From the Sidelines season two. My name's Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis. And boy, do we got an awesome episode for you today? So be sure to follow us on Instagram at FTS Pod. Follow us on Twitter at the FTS Pod. And if you want to email us, email us at the Pod at gmail.com. Yeah, lots happened since uh the last time we were here. Well, let's see. Last time last time we were here, there weren't any sports, and uh now sports are back. They're playing in bubbles, just like the NBA bubble. Uh, they're all playing down there in Disney World, and it's been pretty pretty crazy. So, what do you what have you guys thought about the whole NBA bubble experience so far?
1: Uh, overall, I think uh, the bubble has worked out really well for the NBA. Um, I really like kind of the how you how you're able to like hear and see some of the on the court uh, exchanges between the players and some of the coaching that uh, perhaps wasn't exactly visible or Audible uh, throughout the regular NBA season, uh the playoffs has been a different experience with no home court advantage. um So you know, like teams like the Bucks weren't able to get that home court advantage, and as a result, they were sent home early. But I mean, overall, I think it's worked really well. They have not had any cases of COVID, so all the basketball fans were considering considering ourselves lucky these days.
2: Like hearing LeBron complaining to the rest about being hacked for no calls. <laughs> Like I can just hear him word for word exactly what he's saying.
1: And you get a clear shot of him walking off the court with ten seconds left. So ten seconds
0: left? I don't know what that was about. Like I got Michael Jordan wouldn't do that.
1: That's all I gotta say. I mean, didn't he do that though? I don't know, did he? I'm pretty sure he did that against the Pistons, but I could be wrong. I wasn't alive back then. Well he walked off Wasn't out... that in the last dance though?
0: Well, I remember the Pistons like walked off without like giving them
1: high fives and shaking hands and stuff. Yeah, and then I'm pretty cool. sure he did it back to them. He was, yeah, he was. Uh, but you, uh, you know, uh, Josh just likes to write his own narrative, you know. Well, point, well, point. No, <laughs> my
0: point is that there weren't, there was no time left on the clock.
1: Oh, so that ten seconds is what did it for you? Yeah, it wasn't. That it wasn't the fact was that he refused to shake hands. It was just the fact that there was ten seconds left. There was ten seconds. I yeah. understand. I understand.
0: Could have been could have been point zero one second left on the clock, and I would have been like, "Bro, why are you walking off?" Oh, so you're that kind of guy. I see. Yeah, I, I like my players to give it, give full effort, you know, all forty eight minutes. So. but uh, you know, speaking about speaking of the bubble, uh, as you know, I mean, we're all Kentucky fans. Uh, it's been pretty pretty exciting to see our Kentucky boys thrive during the bubble. So, what do you think about our Kentucky
2: boys? Well, first of all, which ones? There's so many. I I don't know what you, who you're talking about.
0: Literally every single Kentucky player <laughs> I've played in the bubble <laughs> has been good. I mean, Gildas Alexander, Jamal Murray, Anthony Davis, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. I mean. Devin Booker. Devin, you know, Booker. I mean, Devin Booker.
1: Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Yeah, did, Josh o. didn't even name well, probably the best player in the bubble. I mean. Oh, yeah. Definitely the bubble MVP. I mean, he didn't win it, but I mean, he definitely should have, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But gonna, imagine like this being the Suns. You go eight and zero. Doesn't matter. Still don't make the playoffs. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Because
0: like I feel like the Suns and the Heat kind of like reminded me of each other. They like their playstyles like felt similar to me. Like everybody was getting involved. They always had somebody to go to. You know, I mean DeAndre Ayton was playing good. Um, you know, Devin Booker obviously was playing good. Ricky Rubio was playing good. It's like. You know, they, Remind me of the heat you know how they got so many options like that and i feel like that's that's
2: how they went eight and no
0: and you know obviously devin booker popped off for like 40 a game
2: gosh uh remember when we did the over under episode uh,
1: yeah he took the heat uh, under yeah he took the heat now they're playing,
2: under. <laughs> they're playing <laughs> in the finals right now how'd that happen care to care to enlighten us dumb move i think from now on if
0: any team in the nba has a kentucky boy on it i'm just gonna bet the over Ah, okay, okay. Especially if they have two, I right? You got that right. <laughs> Blame me all you want, but I did not expect, I mean, even Kelly Olenek to be this good. Like, I mean, literally every single person on their team looks like a stud.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you go back and listen to that over-under episode, uh, I was I was singing all of the Heat's praises, but even I am surprised by how dominant they've been since in the bubble. I, I definitely think the addition of Jay Crowder and Andre has really helps with their front court depth and they were able to get some lockdown perimeter guys uh, really able to contain guys like Jason Tatum uh, as best as possible. So I think that was really uh, crucial acquisitions at the deadline uh, to help them with this push.
0: Yeah, I think Jimmy Butler has been a really good anchor for them too. I mean, it seems like anytime like something's not going their way, he'll get like a defensive stop and then they'll score on a fast break or something and then I'll just hype everyone up and then they'll make comebacks like obviously which they've done multiple times throughout the bubble so i feel like he's been a great anchor for them
1: yeah he did his best lebron impression in game three <laughs> reasonably <we>, yeah <laughs> in order Got to win the right. game with no no bammer no Dragic.
0: so currently the uh heat are down 3-1 in the finals um they're playing right now don't know the outcome but let's take that aside at in this moment do you guys who do you think is going to win the finals you think the heat are going to come back 3-1 or you think the lakers are going to win
1: uh, their name is not the Denver Nuggets, so I think I will take the Lakers.
2: The injury bug has riddled the heat, so I uh, believe I'll take the Lakers. Even with a health, full healthy heat roster, I think i still take the Lakers. It's been a nice run, but...
1: Bit of an unfair advantage, but nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, the Lakers, I mean, they have two top five players in the league, so if I feel like if they don't win the finals, that's kind of embarrassing for them.
1: Really, really has been an impressive run by the Lakers. But on the flip side, what was your who was your biggest disappointment? The, the Clippers. Team, the Clippers, okay. The team that <laughs> disappointed odd. you the most. I you don't have to
0: say the Clippers. You just have to say Paul George.
1: I mean, I think the 76ers make a compelling case as well. But yeah, even the Celtics too. I mean, I mean, they made the conference finals. I don't yeah. think that's that disappointing. Yeah, but just the way they played in the conference finals just was not good. I mean, there were a couple of games that were not competitive, but when Tyler Hero's dropping 34 on you, it's really just not your series, I think.
0: Yeah. You know, kind of kind of disappointing, but not in a bad way. It's the Thunder. Um, really wanted them to beat the Rockets in the Game 7, um, and they just fell short. Um, there for a couple games in that series, Russell Westbrook was the best player for the Thunder. He's not even on them anymore. <laughs> so let me Let me ask you this. Give me... You mean your three guys throughout the bubble who you think were the biggest breakouts?
1: Well, I mean, I'm going to take the obvious one. I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Buckets. Imagine imagine being a Philly fan. Imagine being a Philly fan and seeing him do what he's done, carry the heat to the finals, and you, you're sitting there with the first round exit. I mean... Pain. It's uh, I mean, we're just signing Al Horford instead of re-signing Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not did not like the situation in Philly. He also didn't like the situation in Minnesota. So, so for some reason, Eric Spolstra in Miami did something for Jimmy that he, he was a fan of and really meshed well with the system and was able to carry them all the way to the finals. Chad, who you got?
2: Hero, Making a compelling case for being an important rotation guy. Dudes hit clutch shots throughout the whole playoffs, especially against the Bucks. Dude's just been killing it. You said breakout candidate. I feel like Jimmy Butler is kind of already there. But yeah. you got a rookie and Tyler Hero who's only going to get better. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I feel like Jimmy's taking it up a notch, especially we've not seen this type of performance in the postseason. So, I mean, given, this, given the situation around him, I definitely think he's been the best player on one of the two teams in the finals. So,
0: He's just an all-around stud. I mean, he, if you need a bucket from him, he'll get it. If you need a stop from him, he'll get it. I mean, he's just... I don't know, he's probably, his hustle, like, is insane. I feel like he's one of the most, he has the most hustle out of, like, any player in the NBA, in my opinion. He's just going at it nonstop, so. Do you think, um, I, was, I was thinking about this, do you think that, you know, with being in the NBA bubble, there being no fans and a completely different, act, kind of like an AAU atmosphere, do you think that helps some of these guys play better than, than what they usually would?
2: Well, I think the gym itself certainly helps, especially for shooters. You know, it's more like a practice facility instead of an arena.
1: Yeah, and they also get the consistency of playing in the same same gym for all of these games in consecutive successions. So rather than bouncing around and having to travel, uh, they're able to rest more frequently and have that consistent have that consistent playing field that they're more accustomed to. So I definitely say I definitely think uh, it's definitely probably benefited um, some of the offense and some of the production throughout the postseason.
2: Never answered your own question. What player did you like that broke out the most?
1: Jimmy Butler. Oh. Oh, so you're just piggybacking off my answer? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well. I could say I. Who else? I don't know. Jamal
0: Murray. Jamal Murray, yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely got. He's got a lot of motivation from his girlfriend. Am I right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh, so another developing story uh, that happened while we were away in the NBA was the the NBA 2020 awards came out. Uh, so Giannis won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Montrezl Harrell won Sixth Man of the Year. Nick Nurse won Coach of the Year. And John Morant Rookie of the Year. Brandon Ingram Most Improved. So any of those any of those you disagree with have a hot take on, or were surprised by.
0: I don't really have hot takes on these. I feel like there's, like, a lot of people that would agree, and I feel like both of these guys would have been the second choice. But I feel like depoys should have gone to Anthony Davis, and I feel like most improved should have gone to Bam out of bio.
1: Why do you think you Bam? The me-
0: why do you when think Bam, Bam? Yeah,
1: why, why Bam? I feel like, uh, I feel like I feel, he was I mean, pretty I think, good last year as well.
0: Yeah, he was, but, I mean, he upped his rebounds, upped his points per game, upped his field goal percentage, and, Became an all-star. I mean, which granted Brandon Ingram did too, but I mean, you saw the impact he had with the Pelicans. I mean, he, I mean, he played good, but I mean, they didn't go anywhere. They didn't make the playoffs. And you've seen what Bam's doing right now in the finals. I just, I just feel like Bam had a bigger role and, you know, definitely more of an impact. And I feel like he deserved it. And as far as Anthony Davis goes, I mean, you know, he's just a defensive stud. He's always averaging like two point five blocks a game. Like, I mean. It's about time for him to win defensive player of the year when he's been doing the same thing since he got into the league
1: yeah I think my my uh my opinion for most improved player of the year has always been the guy that did nothing to the guy that did almost everything and so last year I thought that was probably Fred Van Fleet or Pascal one of those two but this year I definitely think it was Devontae Graham I think people kind of forgot about him because he didn't make the bubble but when you go when you go from scoring three to four points per game and barely seeing the court to probably being the best player on the Hornets and averaging 18.2 uh, with three three boards and seven and a half assists, uh, I definitely I definitely would have been in favor of Devontae Graham winning it. I mean Brandon Ingram was like always like you know mid level B tier pretty good role player and he took a step up for sure. But I think when you go from a bench warmer to best player on your team, I feel like that definitely deserves more acknowledgement. Yeah, I mean when you go yeah, when you go from like D minus to like B,
0: I feel like that's more impressive than going from like B, B minus to A minus, you know?
2: Did you say D on the first one or B? It's a D minus. Oh, you said D. I saw, I saw you said B. I was like, What?
0: Yeah, if you go from a b if you go from a B to a B, I mean that's not <laughs> impressive.
2: <laughs> you just know that the media is, is pouting that Ja Morant one rookie of the year over Zion even though Zion missed half the season. It's just it's just the media narrative. What?
1: Josh, you want to do me a favor, Josh? Can you yeah. can you do me a favor? Can you tell me how many games prior to COVID outbreak? How many games did Zion Williamson play? It's like ten, right? Nineteen. Nineteen you think nineteen games is deserving of Rookie of the Year? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're
0: telling me. You're telling I feel like me. I feel like there's needs like if there isn't already there has to be like a cap. Like how many games do you have to you have to play to be considered for any of these awards?
1: I mean it was the same thing with Joel and B and his rookie of the year like when you're just not playing in like fifty to sixty seven percent of games, I I'm not gonna support you in your rookie of the year campaign. Especially when John Morant is doing what he was doing, balling out every single game. I mean, there was a there was a clear queer, queer superior option that played in almost every game. Definitely more deserving, in my opinion.
0: He was a bubble stud, and he got them to the eight seed in the playoffs. I hope you're not
2: flaming me because I agree with this. I'm, I'm not flaming you. I'm of...
1: flaming. I'm uh, flaming all of those naysayers that yeah just, just ride the Zion bandwagon. Zion uh. this, Zion that. Ah, Zion's overrated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think if you take away his body and his athleticism, he wouldn't do anything in the NBA.
1: Yeah, if you just that take away, if pick. you just take away his like two most important assets, he's nothing. <laughs>
0: I'm serious. He's only dominant if because you took away. Options. If you took
1: away my right arm and my left arm, I wouldn't have any arms. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, Josh. I like that.
0: Well, I mean, he he's a mediocre shooter at at very best. Less than that, probably. I mean, the only reason he can finish at the rim is because of his size. I mean, I know the Pelicans are like talking about like wanting to cut cut off some of his weight and I'm like why would you do that that's probably the dumbest thing you can do in my opinion I mean I'd rather play him for 20 minutes a game rather than 30 minutes a game if he's bullying people in the paint getting boards and you know buckets down low and then playing him 30 minutes a game but he's 50 pounds less and he's getting dominated in the paint
1: I think there's some durability concern uh, with his current weight a lot a lot uh, a lot of weight put on a lot of stress to put on those joints consistently, especially with the insane hops he has, so I could see that being a reason they need to, he needs to shed some weight, but aside from that, I understand. Well, when the when you can bust out of your own pair of shoes with
0: the force of your own body, I mean
2: <laughs> You're watching this too
1: <laughs> What happened? We're giving Danny Green a game-winning three, but besides that, Marquis Morris just threw the ball out of bounds. Just threw the ball out of bounds. He got the offensive rebound with like eight seconds left. Threw it out of bounds. What's the score? They're, the Lakers are down one with two. Eight in. up
2: one. Tyler Heros shooting free throws.
1: Oh, well those, those oh are wait, you're ahead of me. Tell, tell, tell. <laughs> I'm watching a phone stream. You're watching actual TV. Why is Marky Morris in the game? And why is LeBron not taking the last shot? Why did Danny Green? Why on Danny Green... He was a wide-open three at the top of the key. It was a great shot. It's just, why is Danny Green the one shooting it? He hasn't been shooting good in the bubble. We have Anthony Davis and LeBron on our team, and we're just giving the ball to Danny Green. And they were down by one, too, right? Yep. Yeah. Just let LeBron but go to the happen. rim. Just let LeBron go to the rim. I don't know
0: why. I don't know. It always baffles me why when teams decide to take a three when they're down one, when they could easily just drive in and try and draw a foul at least or even score a bucket and win the game that way.
1: I like, the, I like the guy not like picking up the ball that was right at his feet. He said, here, yeah. ref, go get this for me. I need extra time for my guys to get down the court. As we're watching- oh, well, we
0: got some breaking news. Looks like the Heat just won. Uh, now the series is tied 4-2 to as we're recording this. Oh,
2: <laughs> what you just said. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <no. laughs> my bad, it's 3-2. Yeah, no, the Lakers just... <laughs> Just won the playoffs at the same time as the Heat winning another game. That makes sense. Now it's three two. My bad. Dumb dumb over it's here. Still not tied. <laughs> you said it was tied. It's four to two. two. <laughs> now the Lakers are up three two. So will the Heat come back? Will they not? Find out next game, which will be in a couple days. NBA bubble, Walt Disney World. Maybe they will. <laughs> you guys think i could be on tv Is i mean like I, don't see why not. Guy?
1: I don't see why not yeah you seem like a big lesser Holt guy you know you really really get that that worldly nightly news i can see it <laughs> yeah. i can see it or maybe you're more of an adam shifter type where he comes in and he comes and he breaks into the nfl draft with a breaking trade
0: well speaking of uh speaking of that uh let's talk about some nfl huh
1: what a segue. What a segue by your boy, Josh. You gotta great. give him credit. I, I threw him a softball. He said, Hold on, let me let me hit that out of the park. That segue to the oh, NFL. Yeah. We are we are currently four weeks into the twenty twenty NFL season. Got a lot of interesting stories. There's been a couple of COVID outbreaks, primarily with the Tennessee Titans getting affected the most, but uh give me give me your guys' biggest takeaway so far, four weeks into the season.
0: I mean a lot of injuries. Um you know, I mean, week one, the 49ers. <laughs> I mean, they turned into the 39ers. Just so many injuries. Christian McCaffrey got injured. Um, Saquon Barkley got injured. I mean, there's just injuries all over. And, you know, due to the lack of a preseason, I feel like that that, that was kind of expected almost. Le'Veon Bell got injured. Like, just so many. My team, you know, yeah. Some of those guys I named are on my fantasy team. So, yeah, yeah, they got injured.
1: I, I would know. Chad, what's your what's been your biggest takeaway of the four weeks of the NFL season?
2: The Bills being as good as they are. Like, I was on the Bills going into the season. Uh, I did not know they would play as well as they have before and O through the first four weeks. I knew they were going to be good, but they're probably a top five team. The oh, yeah.
1: Their offense is looking great. Yeah, Josh Allen has been really impressive so far. He made a lot of lot of strides forward, especially as a passer. Uh, he's able to manipulate himself in the pocket, kind of roll out, and has a really nice accuracy, especially on the deep ball. So he's really improved, especially as a passer, and he's still been a threat on the ground. So I definitely I have been impressed by the Bills. Uh, my biggest takeaway has kind of been uh, – Kind of been the tiers that are developing uh, throughout the NFL standings. It kind of seems, it kind of seems to me that it's very distinct and clear who are the good teams and who are really like not good, like who are the bad teams. Like normally, normally there's some murky waters, especially early in the season before the the cream kind of rises to the top. But I mean, so far it seems very clear. You know, you got the bottom feeders that are very obvious, like the Jets and Giants, and then. You got the reigning Super Bowl champions doing their thing. And, I mean, and the the Ravens are running it back. I mean, and then you got the Bills taking over in the in the AFC East. So, I've definitely been impressed uh, by some of the teams that have been really dictating, uh, kind of what they want to do with the ball and how they want to dictate play of the game. So, I've been really impressed by especially some of those teams.
0: What do you guys think about the Buccaneers so far? I definitely didn't expect them to be great. Like, um, I just kind of expected them to be mediocre. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about what they've done so far? Just lost to the Bears, lost to Nick Foles.
2: I'm still undecided. There's some teams that I don't know what to make of, and I don't know what to do with. The Buccaneers being one of them. Uh, the Panthers and Cardinals being two more. Just the name, a couple off the top of my head. Tom Brady's old. I don't think he's very good anymore. I don't get all the preseason hype behind the team. I, st- I don't. I don't know. They're they're inconsistent. Like it's a Bruce Arians coach team, so Brady is not used to playing on a team that's that's undisciplined as they are, getting false starts on third and one. Um, and I, I like how uh, Bill Belichick has gone from Tom Brady to Brian Hoyer this past mm-hmm. week after Cam got COVID. It was just hilarious. Dude cost him like three field goals because he gets, takes a sack with five seconds left in the half without with no timeouts left. It's just it's just comedy.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest surprise for me with the Buccaneers is the fact that their defense has probably been better than their offense, actually. Uh, I mean, it's I, like everybody was hyping up the offense. They were adding so many weapons for Tom, re-signing Gronk, traded for, signed for net, technically. But, and then you got Godwin and Evans. But I mean, I definitely think the defense has been in the, bright spot of the team. Uh, they've been really solid in the interior with Sue and Vita Vea and then Devin White and Levante David have been really solid linebackers. So, and then they got uh, Winfield, the rookie in the secondary. It's been really impressive, especially um so I mean, I definitely think this the strength has been uh, the defense for the Buccaneers and if the offense and Brady can catch up and get on sync, they would definitely be a dangerous team come playoff time.
0: I don't think I don't think Florida Brady's like New England Brady. I think he's He's just out there to have fun and make some bank doing it. I mean, I think I, honestly, I think for the past couple of years now, the only reason he's in the NFL is—oh, uh, well, Devin's got something to say after this. But um, the only i was, I was I doing my he, best uh, Brady impersonation. It's
1: fourth down, right? It's fourth down, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. You can tell. You can tell he's—he's he's aging. He to know <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, I think he's—he's he's just there for fun and and the check. Um, the only reason I think he's in the league still is to keep Drew Brees from breaking his record. Honestly. I mean, I don't know what Gronk is doing either. I mean, I has he even caught like five ah, passes a year? Gronk,
1: <laughs> Gronk looks so washed. He wait, wait Like on Thursday night, he caught a he caught a pass and ran like 15 yards, and he looked like he just ran a full marathon. He, he me oh, He was he was done for the rest of his career, and <laughs> not just the game. He made one play.
0: Yep, I picked him up this off season for my dynasty team, and he first game he was projected like eight points and i was like okay gronk's back let's go and uh zero um zero like one like three so
2: did you play him all those weeks
0: no no i decided to play jimmy graham who's actually been doing pretty good
2: speaking of washed up players poor aj green dude looks like me running out there (laughs) cannot get open and Joe Burrow's got to keep feeding Higgins and Tyler Boyd.
1: Yeah. What do you guys think about Joe Burrow so far? I've been very impressed. He's he's not even like – it's not even like he's like poised or like seems like he's under control, but it just feels like he like is making the correct play. Like I, he had the one play in week one where he had the quick shuffle pass that ended up in an interception, which is just a terrible decision instead of taking a sack. But, I mean, when you're asking Joe Burrow to throw the ball – 50 to 60 times a game, and he is doing doing what he's been doing, and I think he's been really impressive. Uh, He was able to find the win last week against the Jaguars, so he got his first win as an NFL quarterback, and I think it's only a sign of things to come in Cincinnati.
2: Needs to learn how to take a proper dive, though.
1: Yeah, I saw that
0: video. That was funny.
2: All right, so I already know Devin's opinion on this, but I'll ask Josh. Simple question. Are the Saints good?
0: Are are the Saints good?
2: Are the Saints good?
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> kinda
1: kinda caught me off guard here. Um I don't I don't know.
0: Not not really.
1: Here, let me let me answer right. the question for you. It's a firm and solid NO. No, they are not good. And let me tell you why they're not good. You ever have you ever have probably one of the best running backs in the league making all kinds of play, making Drew Brees look like Drew Brees is vintage prime Drew Brees. Take Alvin Kamara off of that team. You have at best a four and twelve team. They can't they cannot play defense to save their lives. It is abysmal the fact that Derek Carr is scoring like twenty eight unanswered. Derek Carr and the Raiders offense is just driving. Driving, driving, touchdown after touchdown, Monday night football, prime time game, and they're just getting their tails whooped, and it's been a constant theme all season. They have lost not been able to get well. stops. They lost to the Packers, which I mean, they don't have Michael Thomas, I understand. Losing is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. It'll take some time for Drew Brees to find some other targets accustomed to, especially with Sanders being new, but I mean, when you're giving up 14 points right off the bat to the Lions, a good team is not going <laughs> to let you, a good team is not going to let you come back but the Lions will, I understand. But, I mean, it's just been the Alvin Kamara show, and there's no possible way he's able to sustain this production through 16 games. And the Saints look fraudulent,
2: frankly. He's just I'm sure he's a wonderful guy, but he's just, he can't throw.
0: Yeah, he's not been doing that great. I mean, they their defense, too. I mean, how do you allow 29 points to the Lions? You're supposed to be, you know, a top 10 team in the NFL. You're telling me. Not looking like it now. They've lost Michael Thomas. Um, in a couple, couple more weeks or something. Probably, yeah. So I mean, wouldn't be surprised if they racked up a
2: couple more losses. Oh, we're on the Lions. I understand the running back committee and everything, but like, can we pick somebody that's not Adrian Peterson? Let's. Can you know, we could develop some of our younger guys? How do you? Live? How
1: do you spend a second round pick on a running back? After just spending a third-round pick like two years ago on on Johnson, and then you have the audacity to play Adrian Peterson and act like it's going to be winning football games. It's absolutely exactly. asinine. I know DeAndre Swift might not catch footballs when he's wide open for game-winning touchdowns. I understand. But that was his first NFL action. Maybe, maybe we give him a second chance and stop letting Adrian Peterson lose us football games. Just not, just an idea. Just spitting an idea. facts.
0: We're spitting facts, Devin. They'd rather have some guy out there in a wheelchair than a freaking twenty-two-year-old kid. I mean, you kidding me?
1: Andre Swift you is only getting me. only getting four carries last game. What? What, what is? This? What am I? What is happening? What am I watching? The utter disrespect and lack of adequate use of personnel is actually the most egregious thing of Matt and Patricia, and it, I cannot stand it. That and the pencil behind his ear. Get that out of here. You're not writing anything down. Clearly not if you're making dumb decisions like that. I mean, I'm like,
0: that makes me mad. It irks me. It irks me. Try, Why? Being, try, being Why? A, try
1: being a Lions fan for two years. It's rough. It'll age you quick.
0: Why? Why Adrian Peterson? What is he good for? You're wasting money. He should not be in the league at all. I don't care what anybody says. He's too old. He, he is not the old Adrian Peterson he used to be. I mean, Vikings Adrian Peterson, now is a different story. But this guy, he's just... Looks like they just grabbed some guy off the street who happens to be like almost forty, and they were like, "Hey, come, come play
2: some football for us, huh?" He was cut by Washington <laughs> right after they lost their main guy. The football team themselves. Yeah. <laughs> the football team themselves. <laughs> At least Washington's making use of their rookie picks. Antonio Gibson.
0: Antonio Gibson, yeah. Ridiculous, like. You're telling me. Just don't even play Adrian Peterson at all. Cut him. Save some money. Put that money somewhere else. What? what? Why? He he goes down. You, oh, my God. You play him. He gets injured. He goes down. His career is done. At this point, it's done. If he gets injured. Like, donezo. Done. done. Why are you wasting money on him? We <laughs> got a great, nice, beautiful, young rookie right there. And on Johnson, who's also very young.
1: Oh, we, it, seems we, it appears we've struck a chord with uh, DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson with Josh. Maybe maybe we'll find another one with uh, the the abysmal division that is the NFC East. What are your thoughts, Josh, on the NFC East? <laughs> Who's the best team in the East? The freaking Eagles? The Eagles are currently in first place. With one, two, and one record, that pivotal tie against the Cincinnati Bengals is making all of the difference as it currently stands.
0: I, 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 they're bad. They're very bad. I mean... Worst division in, in the league. I mean, you got Eagles, Giants. Worst, god awful. Lost Saquon Barkley. I mean, what has Daniel Jones done this year? Nothing. Ain't done. Ain't done jack. Got who else? The Redskins. Well, pff, pardon. Pardon my language. the The football team. Um, I mean, awful. Yeah. Who, who else? Who's the, what's the last? The Cowboys. Cowboys. The Cowboys. What are they doing? How? How? how are you going to be that bad when you got Ezekiel Elliott and those wide receivers? You kidding me? You got C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. I mean,
2: they should have ran away with this division. They have too many offensive weapons to, uh, I know that can pass for 500 yards, right? Or not. C.D. Lamb can have eight receptions for 120 yards and two touchdowns, but yet they still get blown out by the Browns because their defense is giving up, Forty-nine points a game. It's their defense. That's the issue.
1: I mean, if they didn't have that miracle comeback against the Atlanta Falcons, we're looking at an 0-4 Dallas team. And frankly, they've had, they've had nothing. They they make the Saints' defense look like it's one of the best in the league. Honestly, like, I mean, absolutely nothing. Nothing looks good on the Cowboys' defense. I'm. Mean, it's. They're not getting any pass rush. They're not getting, forcing any turnovers, and they're just giving up open touchdowns for fun. So, I mean, it's hard to win football games when you're giving up 40 or some odd points to Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Uh, that'll tell you something about how bad your defense is. Just bad football.
2: Meanwhile, you got the NFC West that could probably have four playoff teams.
1: I'm not completely sold on the Cardinals just yet. I think I think we need pump to pump the brakes after a a stellar first, a stellar first two weeks. They had me buying in. And I would have been singing their praises had uh, had we been on the podcast at the time, but thankfully I saved myself from that embarrassment because after two abysmal performances against the Lions and the Panthers, not exactly sure that they have the defense to match uh, what what's necessary to compete at a high level in the National Football League, the uh, 49ers team might be, a, might, it might be a bit of a question mark on that week one upset win that got everybody on board, uh, so well, just, the jury's still out for me on them. Uh they only beat Washington and the 49ers, so if the 49ers aren't exactly the team they were uh last year, then maybe the Cardinals aren't actually as good as everyone had was thinking.
0: Yeah, I'm not really big on the the uh, Cardinals either. I mean, like you said, they lost to the Lions and the Panthers, so I mean, two teams that if you want to be in the playoffs, you got to beat.
1: I feel like, you know. Yeah, that's that's how I, that's how I view it. So I completely agree.
2: And meanwhile, in Atlanta, Dan Quinn is still the head coach of a professional football team who, by the way, had two of the most brutal losses I've ever seen in like back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Cowboys and the Bears. <laughs> Cowboys and the
0: Bears.
1: Ow, especially the Cowboys. Jesus. That one was just I mean... <laughs> At least the Cowboys, like at least the Cowboys have a good offense. Like at least they're capable of putting up points. Blowing leads to Nick Foles coming in at half. To, uh, abysmal, absolutely abysmal. Dan Quinn's a defensive coordinator, defensive guru, can't stop Nick Foles. Should be out of a job, personally. In my opinion. They let Nick Foles get get their team twenty points, like in the fourth fourth quarter alone. So he does it one week, and you say, I can't possibly happen again. Doesn't the Super Bowl I eh, can't possibly happen again? It's, it's just a recurring theme.
0: <laughs> God, I mean, the Falcons just suck. Falcons doing Falcons things. All they're good for is blowing leads. Went up 20 points against the Cowboys in the first quarter. Blew that. Their
2: offense, like, doesn't make any sense to me. Because, like, how can you do put put up as many points as they do, but Julio only has, like, 23 yards. It's just like happens every occasionally, every once in a while. Julio is just just non-existent. The Falcons put up 30 points. It really, it
1: really is questionable, but it's kind of been Julio's M.O. He goes missing in the red zone, and then occasionally he'll just go missing for games at a time. So, I mean, it's luckily that luckily that the Falcons have that wide receiver depth, especially when Ridley went out uh, in week four. So, yeah, they're just not a good football team, and won't be winning very many games.
2: And going to the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers turning back the clock, being prime Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, somehow the Bears 4-1, uh, and one, but the, the Bears stink. They do. I am not on the Bears' wagon. I mean,
0: I don't know. It's a fluke. They're the stinkiest. I mean, they they, they stink a lot, actually. You, know? you walk up to them, and it's just like, wow, what is that? god-awful smell oh look it's your quarterback Mitch Trubisky oh look it's your running back David Montgomery how 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 on earth how on earth are they four and one well you know, one reason is Nick Foles but well, two reasons is Nick Foles actually
2: I feel like all he can do is dump off passes to Allen Robinson and he's their
0: only like respectable receiver yeah. and past that they have like Anthony
1: Miller I mean I yeah I mean like what are the Bears good at what are the Bears actually good at they're not good at pass protection, they're not good at throwing the football, they're not good at running the football, they're not good at stopping the other team from scoring. But sounds like integral parts of a good winning football team, and yet they're just 4-1. They looked abysmal against the Colts, offense couldn't do anything, I mean, it's I mean, they didn't have the insane comeback against the Falcons, I mean, the fact that they beat the Buccaneers is really insane to me, but... I mean, I thought they were frauds through two weeks because they just had an easy schedule. And the Falcons exposed all of the holes they had in their defense and somehow managed to come back. So, I mean, the Week 5 result against the Buccaneers was truly shocking, but I don't get it. They're not good.
2: Somehow they beat the Lions in Week 1.
1: 19.4th quarter comeback.
2: Speaking of disappointments in life, the Vikings, especially the defense, how far that has fallen.
1: Yeah, the Vikings have probably been one of the most surprising teams to me this season. I mean, it's really just been a Kirk Cousins problem, in my opinion. He's not been able. He's he's honestly been playing really poor. He's not been able to find targets outside of Adam Thielen. He doesn't have much tight end help, even though they spent an early round pick on Irv Smith a couple of years ago. I mean, pass protection has not been not been very good as well, and so. You combine all of those offensive problems into one, and it's, all you got is Dalvin Cook trying to put the team on his back, scoring all of the points he can. But, I mean, the defense has been given a lot of short fields, and frankly has not been able to make up for the inconsistencies and lack of talent on the offensive side of the football.
2: I think the loss of Stephon Diggs hurts more than uh, the average person realizes. Who's also been a big help to the Bills as well. Good target for Josh Allen.
0: Oh, yeah. He's been a stud this year. I mean, they still have Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. I, yeah, I, I think it's a Kirk Cousins issue. I mean, he he's freaking out out there. He doesn't have as many targets as he did last year. He sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they have had a tough schedule, so I wouldn't be surprised to see kind of a second-half turnaround. Maybe they end up more towards 500, but... They do have some playmakers, but really it's been a lack of depth, I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And that'll do it for the first episode of Season 2 of From the Sidelines Podcast. If you enjoyed Season 2 and want to see more episodes in the near future, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at FTS Pod and on Twitter at The FTS Pod. And feel free to email us any questions you might have, or if you have any thoughts on the NBA bubble or early NFL action, feel free to send us an email to the ftspod at gmail.com.
0: Season 2, baby. Bye. Have a great time. <laughs> have a
2: great time.